in the squadron. They called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. You're not going to know what hit you. We're going to we're going to hurt you, Kavanaugh. Chuck Schumer, majority leader of the United States Senate, said that, said that out loud. And somehow, have you ever heard about that? You know, you won't see that clip. You won't hear it. This show, maybe a couple of other shows, maybe Rudy Giuliani's show. And that's it. Uh, if anything's a crime when it comes to speech, that is that is right there. That was threatening a Supreme Court sitting US Supreme Court justice and you know what mobs did show up on his home at his home right in the front and some crazy kid from California came with a whole bag full of weapons and knives wanting to kill him but oh he's a democrat you know Donald Trump is um he's going to win this thing he's going to triumph i don't know what it's going to look like but i know these overtly corrupt uh, leftists like the latest one. What's her name? Shanna, Shanna Bellows. This is the, uh, this is a, a little girl from Maine who wants to be taken seriously by Barack Obama and Joe Biden. So she comes out and says this nonsense. She thinks she can stop Trump. All right. Trump versus this girl. I, I, I I'm pretty confident Trump's going <laughs> to prevail. Uh, she's going to deprive the people of Maine the opportunity to vote or vote against. Donald Trump, you know, Alan Dershowitz, who still says he's going to vote against Trump, says he wants to have the choice. He wants to have the choice. But Democrats, pro-democracy Democrats, don't think you should have one. Let me hear this. Shana Bellows, the Secretary of State of Maine, who just unto herself said, no, you can't vote for Trump. This decision is based on Maine law and the facts that were presented to me in the Section 336 challenge. It was really important to me. Uh, to look at the evidence presented in the public hearing and the law and the facts presented in the context of main law, sections 336, 337, and 443. Uh, it's a very detailed decision. Uh, we lay out uh, why under main law the Secretary of State has the authority, indeed the obligation. I'm duty-bound to make this determination. Uh, we also, I rather um, laid out that the record demonstrates that, in fact, the events of January 6, 2021, which were unprecedented and tragic, uh, were an insurrection uh, in the meaning of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And finally, uh, in reviewing the facts presented, the evidence, uh, the law, the history, um, we determined uh, under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment that Mr. Trump engaged in insurrection. And therefore, it's disqualified. And therefore, it's disqualified, according to Shana. And she didn't even have a court. She didn't even go through a court. She just, I'm the Secretary of State, and under my oath, I can do this. Well, this is, it's beyond, um, I mean, it's funny in a way. Now, they they are getting away with it in part because so many people are checked out. So many people are not going to go through the trouble and on this one, I guess, you know, we, we all assume that the Supreme Court or somebody's going to step in. Somebody's going to take care of this, right? Somebody's going to do it. Well, that somebody just might be you. It really might be. 
you got to download this stuff. You got to read it. You got to turn off NFL. You got to write a check to your favorite candidate or polit- political action committee. And you have to be conversant. You have to know this stuff uh, because they are trying to steal the country. And they're literally right there, right there. Donald Trump engaged in an insurrection. Well, number one, he did not. All right. January 6th. Stop it. <laughs> You've milked it long enough. It doesn't wash with. Well, only with those who are suspending disbelief or uh, uh, corrupt, evil leftists. I don't know. We saw it. You saw it. All those poor people, their lives have been destroyed by January 6th, the the, 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 the histrionics of it, the kind of legend, the myth-making of what a dark, horrible day that was. I don't know. I mean, again, how many black, how many January 6ths do we have in the summer of 2020? I got to go through this, though, because the Colorado decision arguably started some of this. And this is what they say is proof, proof of an insurrection. They say President Trump then gave a speech in which he literally exhorted his supporters to fight at the Capitol. Among the things he told the crowd, we're gathered together in the heart of our nation's capital for one very basic reason, to save our democracy. All right. Is that a problem? Sounds like First Amendment protected speech to me. How about this one? Republicans are fighting constantly like a boxer with hands tied behind his back. It's like a boxer. And we want to be so nice. We want to be so respectful of everybody, including bad people. And we're going to have to fight much Harder. Oh, my goodness gracious. He must mean to fight. No, people use the word fight. And I did not think for a second that he was talking about physical violence. Nobody did. Nobody would. Okay. When Eric Holder says, uh, when they go low, we kick them. You know, (laughs) when Hillary Clinton came out at the 2016 uh, convention, the election that she lost. Remember, the campaign theme song was Fight Song by Rachel Platten. Nice girl, nice song, fight song. She's got so much fight left in her, and she's not going to go down without a fight. I will fight for you. It's American to say that. Now it is up to Congress to confront this egregious assault on our democracy. And after this, we're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. Funny that they leave the peaceful patriotic part out of this, right? It is up to Congress to confront this egregious assault. Well, Congress... Isn't that what Congress does? They hear objections. Yes, they do. Electoral Count Act of 1887, the Constitution, you're allowed to object to the results. This is all in the Colorado Supreme Court uh, decision. We're going to walk down to the Capitol, and we're going to cheer our brave senators and congressmen and women, and we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength, and you have to be strong. They are really trying to alter fundamentally this country to make you and me feel somehow vulnerable if we urge somebody to fight. I was saying actually before January 6th that we have to fight for Trump. We have to fight for him. This guy has really put himself out there for us. Now we have to fight for you. You know what I, you know what I meant by that? You know what I said in the next paragraph? We should write letters to our members of Congress. You got to do something. I felt like almost neutered. What can I do? I'm going to write letters. I'm going to write letters. I'm going to tell they should object. It's within my rights, your rights. CNN tried to say Greg Kelly tried to uh, get people to uh, fight each other. Fight. No, I didn't. 
It's a metaphor. I, I, I Stay the hell out of it. We're allowed to say that. Let's see here. When you catch somebody in a fraud, you're allowed to go by very different rules. Well, you're allowed to go by different rules. Rules. You know, we don't break out the details of the Constitution every election, like the objection stuff and the Electoral Contact of 1887. Those are different rules. You got to, okay, we're going to object. How do you do that? You got to dust off Electoral Contact of 1887. All right. I got to have a member of Congress opposing. I got to have a U.S. Senator opposing. And then we have to put our opposition in writing. Is that it? And then we we withdraw to our chambers and we uh, debate it for two hours. Is that it? Okay. That's a different set of rules. Trump said, this is the most corrupt election in history, maybe of the world. This is not just a matter of domestic politics. This is a matter of national security. Well, absolutely it was. Ukraine is in war right now because Trump is no longer there. We lost Afghanistan because Trump was no longer there. And we fight, and we fight like hell. And if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. I've done it before. I'll break it out. I've got hours of footage of Democrats saying fight. Fight like hell. you got to fight hard. you got to fight. I will fight for you. Every campaign, every campaign ad, Hillary Clinton's got to fight. She's going to fight. It's okay. I'm not going to go around trying to throw them in jail because they said fight. But that's what they're trying to do to our side. That's what they're trying to do to Donald Trump. Now, this is what they write. After all that stuff, unsurprisingly, the crowd at the ellipse reacted to President Trump's words with calls for violence. That's a that's an interesting line right there. The crowd at the ellipse reacted to President Trump's words with calls for violence. So it wasn't they're acknowledging that Trump did not call for violence. They're saying the crowd did. Now, I don't think the crowd did either, but it's curious how they you can say these words. You know, I could argue that that maniac who tried to kill those poor beautiful teenage tourists from South America, from Paraguay, who came to uh, explore New York City legally and safely, they thought safely, and they go to a restaurant at the beautiful Grand Central Terminal and some racist maniac who says, I hate all white people and they should die and stabs them, tries to stab them, does stab them, stabs one of them in the back, one of them in the back. And the knife went all the way into the young girl's lung. The newspapers are like, they were non-fatally, non-fatal. They're in the hospital with non-fatal injuries. <laughs> oh, nothing to see here. Non-fatal. Non-fatal. I could say that anything that ever came out of Obama's or Biden's or MSNBC's mouth might have fueled this person into that position where all white people are somehow respond. All white people are bad, white supremacy, right? I could totally tie it. I could. In fact, yes, I will. I think that's where his motivation came from. Absolutely, from the mainstream media, from this silly, sickening, fake, cancerous conversation America is having about race right now to avoid having an uncomfortable one, a real one, that may make people, some people feel bad that may talk about responsibility and irresponsibility and the government trying to take over families and trying to be the father instead of real fathers. And we could talk about that, or we could just blame white people and white supremacy. So that's what the left has done. Now, I'm not going to say the left should be locked up for creating all that horror. 
I, I'm not. They created horror. Unfortunately, well, not even unfortunately. It's their First Amendment right, basically, to say whatever the hell they want. And they did. It's actually your First Amendment right to lie. You can lie and say white supremacy is the root of all evil, and it's uh, it's brought us to this point. You can say that. I hate white supremacy, but you can exaggerate white supremacy. You can inflate it. You can pretend that it's a constant in people's lives and America's lives. You can do that. And occasionally you're going to motivate some madman like the guy, the stabber in Grand Central Station. But I'm not going to say that anybody should be arrested for that. The guy who should be arrested is the stabber. Now, you should probably feel guilty about it, though. Leftists who have sought to exploit uh, the issue of race to enhance their power, exploit race, uh, create this uh, villain, white people. White supremacy, white privilege. And by the way, it's just that, white people. I was looking in the New York Times. I mean, like the every time they reference white people, it's negative. Every time race is mentioned, right? I did this in Barack Obama's book. He's always talking. Most people don't talk about race all day long. He does. And every time he talks about a, a black person, capital B, always capitalize the B. It's like an old wise black man once told me uh, a beautiful black woman and then he's like, the old guard at the state assembly, uh, uh, mostly white conservatives, did not have much patience for me. You know, a white woman looked at me askance, did that kind of thing. It's really, it's really compelling. All right, hold on here. Uh, they said, storm the Capitol, invade the Capitol building, take the Capitol. Well, none of that is Trump's uh, responsibility. Just like. I'm going to act uh, say it's not Obama's legal responsibility that that guy tried to kill two white teenagers. They're from Paraguay. They may or may not have been white, but President Trump was informed that the Capitol was under attack rather than taking action to end the siege. However, approximately one hour later, he tweeted, Mike Pence did not have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution. Give states a chance to certify a corrected set of facts, not the fraudulent or inaccurate ones that they were asked to certify. The USA demands the truth. Did he call Mike Pence a coward? So you can't say Mike Pence doesn't have the courage? I can tell you right now, Mike Pence does not have courage. He absolutely lacks courage. And he... It was actually beautiful that he got kicked out of this race in such a humiliating fashion. That people like Vivek Ramaswamy, who we met 10 minutes ago, beat his rear end so bad that he condemned President Trump for having classified documents. Those documents never should have, never should have reached Mar-a-Lago. But he had, <laughs> he had all kinds of classified crap himself. Boy, talk about a deep stater. All right. Oh, I am a little bit out of time, but there's much more. Be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Mm, I'll be back to that uh, situation with the ballot. It's all going to work out. 
and they have embarrassed themselves. The problem is, again, there are too few people. Uh, there are plenty of smart people out there, but unfortunately, too few who are brave enough to actually make a uh, take a public stand. So many people just willing to go with the flow, whatever's easy, whatever's easy. Hey, uh, <laughs> I do have to point this out. Eric Adams really has the mentality of a nine year old, a nine year old uh, little child, right? Um, who just kind of like you know got to go to um, ride around in a police car once and thinks he knows how the department should be run. He doesn't, although he wants everybody to think he's running. I notice that the police commissioner has basically been told to go on vacation and stay on vacation. I <laughs> don't want you around. Let's see here. Now, this is um, this is how uh, – do you find this to be a crucial issue? It's not, but his solution is really bizarre. It's about when p- police respond to a crime or to a, a suicide. A suicide attempt. Listen to this. Cut seven. After an incident, police stay on the incident too long. You'll see hundreds of cops after the incident is under control. You'll see hundreds of cops there just waiting there. We've now shifted to a policy where you leave the, you, you keep in place the minimum amount of personnel there and everyone else goes back to patrol. That has never been done before. That's a cultural shift in the police department. We had, a, we had an attempted suicide jumper the other day. We only had ESU that stayed there. Stayed there. We didn't have hundreds of police officers just waiting, looking up at the jumper. <laughs> What's the role of that? <laughs> hundreds of police officers standing there looking up at the jumper. Hundreds of police officers hanging around after uh, somebody's murdered. What is he talking about? What is he talking But that actually, that last thing about not sending the cops to uh, suicide uh, attempts or suicides, that is actually gaining traction nationally by a bunch of stupid people who don't know what the hell they're talking about or doing. You're going to send ESU. You're going to send paramedics and paramedics alone when somebody is threatening to jump off a building or, say, jump off a bridge. Well, um, you're going to have a lot more suicides. You're going to have a hell of a lot more suicides. What do cops do? See, an emergency, we love the emergency service workers, right? Paramedics. But they're there to kind of <laughs> clean up the mess, uh, save a life after somebody's been injured. How do you get them down off the building? How do you talk them out? And what happens if the jumper tries to take you with them? You need a cop for that job. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. You know, it's become an everyday thing. I almost don't notice it anymore, but I I cannot, I cannot become accustomed to this. Nobody can. And forgive me. Uh, The pro-terrorist marches slash riots that are all over the place. Yes, the pro-Hamas insanity uh, vile horror that has been uh, accepted by the media uh, as if some sort of just cause is being advocated. And the city, uh, hands off, hands off, uh, very light touch approach when it comes. The other day, it was, I guess it was last night, I saw a, a horrendous scene. And these people were violent. And I heard that only six were arrested. Is that it? Six? Six? Something. Something so sick as to embrace terrorism. We need to support Israel. We need to support peaceful people, the Jewish people. We, under these circumstances, 
what has happened here. You, did you see the great big mob down at Ground Zero of all places, the World Trade Center, yelling out Aloha Akbar? Huh? And those flags and the, what they're saying about Israel. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? And it's been tolerated. You know, and here's a great example of the lazy fake news, including Fox News, including and especially Fox News, quite frankly. These people, they're so lazy. You know, some of them can't just can't get past the fact that, oh, Eric Adams was in the police department at one point in his life and Eric Adams looks good in a suit. So they'll listen to Eric Adams say, oh, yeah, this is terrible that people are taking over the streets. But then they will not listen to the part where he actually signed off on an agreement, on a settlement that pays protesters, rioters, thousands upon thousands of dollars. And the police department agrees to bend over backwards to allow these riots to continue. It's absolutely incredible. Again, and it, it, it's actually kind of a form of racism. I can't stand George W. Bush, but he actually came up with an interesting phrase. He called it the soft bigotry of low expectations. The soft bigotry of low expectations. Having low expectations of Eric, the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, because, well, after all, I mean, you know, right? Uh, right? You know, wow, isn't this really interesting? He Did you hear the first? He actually spoke out against violence and rioting. Isn't that nice? It's not adequate, and it's not even complete. This guy has been complicit in all this stuff. And then he says, you know, you actually just signed an agreement. You, the city of New York, have just signed an agreement with these crazy protesters. You're going to give them money, and the police have actually promised to not enforce the law as robustly as it should be. But Eric was worried about the Eric's lawyers told him to do that. Cut 12. What do you think of what do you think of the if you had such issues with the settlement terms, why did the city enter the settlement? Why not just fight it and, and keep the lawsuit going? Um, the, the, the signals we got was. Uh, they were telling us was. that we could have had a worse of outcome if we didn't come to some type of settlement. That was the signals. When I, as soon as I read the, the settlement, I said, this is a problem. This is a problem. <laughs> and, you know, you have to go by the advice of your attorneys. Oh, yeah. You know? but, Stop. Uh, as soon as I read it, it. You're the boss. You're the CEO. These attorneys technically, in a way, work for you. You can you can say get lost, and the the attorneys weren't unanimous. They seldom are. You got a law department. You got lots of lawyers who work there. You got your own corporation counsel. You can say, well, I'm the mayor. I'm elected. I don't want to give into this, so we're going to fight it in court. No, he just went along with it. And uh, you know, Fox News, that's too much work. They can't get their their head around that, so they just give him a great big fat pass. Ooh, Eric doesn't like uh, like it when rioters take over the streets. What a what a what a strong person. Wow, that's really going to turn the corner because he said something. Talking out of both sides of his mouth. You ever hear of that one, Fox News? Hey, James Flippin, welcome. How are you? Hey, Greg, good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, indeed. That is really something. You see how he gets away with it? I, I really do. I, actually, you taught me a new word today, which sometimes happens when I'm listening to you. Uh, coterie. 
you said. You you use that term to kind of uh, describe the press corps down at City Hall, and that's a good word. Um, not one that I was familiar with, but I, I enjoyed the use of it. And, yeah, it's just interesting to me hearing Adams talk about Wait a second. I said that word on the radio? You did. Oh, brother. I, next time I use a word like that on the radio, come in and say, uh, huh? translate. why the hell did you say that word? <laughs> it's a good word, though. Well, I just it's, think a, that it's, it's a, like a little group or entourage, but it's with, with the connotation of a little clubbiness, right. too. You know? Exactly. But two things stick out to me in terms of what Adams is talking about there. First of all, well, I guess a few things. But when Nancy Pelosi said we have to pass the legislation so that we can read it, Years ago, was that in reference to Obamacare or maybe something like that? But here Adam says, oh, as soon as I read the settlement, I realized it was a problem. So he just agreed to it before reading it. Yeah, his lawyers told him so. I mean, this is a guy who's incompetent in every way, including intellectually, by the way. This is not a smart man, not a smart man. Um and he just continues to get this kind of credit. I, I, Well, there are two things of relevance, because back then when they signed off on that settlement, it would have been politically popular to pay Black Lives Matter supporters and protesters, right? That would have been a politically popular move amongst people of the left, I wait, would think. No, I mean, I don't know what – wait, forget about that for a moment. It's It's handcuffing the police and their response, right? Now, he doesn't – he's basically taking care of the left – while tickling the right and pretending that he's with them. So in that, I'll have to give him a little bit of credit for being somewhat clever, right? Um, but, you know, <laughs> those activists, they're not, they're not, they're not the pop. Unfortunately, they are, though. When you're running for the Democrat nomination, which has held the primary on the last day of school, you only have to appeal to the radical nutjobs because they're the only ones who even know that that's election day. It's how Bill de Blasio got elected. The New York City Police Department was 75% popular with the people across racial lines. And he ran a campaign against the NYPD. Well, that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, right? Except when you figure it's not a real election. Millions of people aren't going to turn out. You have it on some obscure day. You don't publicize it. You get your people to turn out. Uh Uh-huh. You see how it works? You get a little thin, narrow slice. Anyway, I don't know. It sounds like you're criticizing democracy, Greg. I'm just saying you're you're, critici- you're being critical of democracy. Here. <laughs> um, you know, democracy is the worst system in the world, except for all the others. No, I'm criticizing Clubhouse. I'm criticizing. These are moves you have to understand to undermine democracy. They want to minimize participation, not maximize it. So, no, they're the anti-democrat ones. You tell me, is it democratic? In the small D sense to have primary day on the last day of school in June, right? Seems mm-hmm. inconvenient. No, uh, yeah. Yeah, wouldn't you think? Mm-hmm. Right? It's just, and I mean, we are still we have like muscle memory about when these things are supposed to happen. And I'm not talking. We're talking off year elections. It's not like primary, like New Hampshire primary every four years. Everybody knows it's in February or whatever. It's not that. These happen in, in basically in off years. So. What else you got going here, though? Enough about uh, my uh, my issues. So what you... this is a story that I, I don't know if you saw, but it's pretty interesting. A Long Island elementary school teacher has been fired from his job, and he claims it's because he's gay. Michael Califano is this guy's name, and he taught at Marina Maria Regina School, and the Catholic diocese 
of Rockville Center that manages the school apparently terminated this guy. And he says it's because somebody sent pictures anonymously of him kissing his boyfriend, which were posted to his boyfriend's Facebook page. Now, the diocese says that he was not following a Catholic lifestyle and Catholic ethics for the church handbook. So I was curious your thoughts on that, considering we talk about this type of thing every now and then. What kind of, it's a Catholic school, right? It is, yeah. You know what? Look, uh, uh, my days of, uh, you know, oh, to each his own, whatever, let it go. You know, <laughs> um, I think I'm a little bit done with that, to be honest. I think I'm I am. not very libertarian of you. I, you know what? It's a private school, right? So those people who run the private school have a great deal of latitude, especially if, well, you can look it up in the Bible. Uh, there's very different interpretations sometimes, or some people pretend there are different interpretations. But I think, generally speaking, gay behavior is frowned upon, as is a lot of other things, adultery, you name it, right? Yet again, it's like, <laughs> you must celebrate this. We must put it on Facebook, and you must see it, acknowledge it, and keep me employed at your church which teaches against this. So, you know what? Michael Califano, you making a federal case out of it, find some other place to teach. I know that doesn't sound tolerant. I know that doesn't sound whatever. I am done. You know what? All of this tolerance where it has gotten us, gay pride flags inside the church, monsters, tra- what the hell do they call them? The drag queens showing up in school, hanging around with little kids. Story time. And that is legal and funded by my and your tax dollars, this hap- this happened because of these little concessions every step of the way. Every step of the way. So is it the Facebook page post? That- I could, you know what? Like if a, if a teacher was cheating on her husband, right? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I want to say this. He was from what I can understand, granted, look, I'm not the judge. I'm not the HR person, right? I'm just some guy here, and based on what you told me, they could jettison that guy. They could fire him. Mm-hmm. Yes, they could. And the next thing was, if some teacher was having an adulterous affair openly and taught at a Catholic school. I'm just offering it as a hypothetical. I do believe that termination would be appropriate. Um, and we've seen that for like teachers who have OnlyFans. We've seen them get fired because of that type of stuff. Oh, I think OnlyFans. This is another thing. OnlyFans. My God, it, this is uh, uh, Pornhub in a box. You too can be a porn star. You too. All you got to do is register, and uh, and then you're camming, and before you know it, you're. <laughs> I mean, look, those who used to opt for the porn lifestyle, right? I mean, to be a porn actor, actress, whatever. First of all, they used to actually act, <laughs> believe it or not. They were actually, a lot of them were down on their luck as actors, and it's very hard to make it in. Sylvester Stallone did some porn, mm. but he was actually trying to be an actor, and they were actually filming the movies, whatever. What I'm trying to say is you used to have to go out of your way to be a porn actor. There was a barrier to entry. Yes. Yeah, so who the hell's going to go to Southern California and do that kind of stuff? Well, now you can do it at home with the camera on, and you can pay people, or people will pay you. So this is the destruction. This is this is destruction of the soul. It is absolutely destruction of the soul. I am no prude. 
I have been there. I have done that. I have seen all kinds of things. I have whatever. Yeah. I, I can tell you though that it's like a lot of that stuff is really not good. It's really not good. I mean, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think my days of like, eh, you know, it's okay. Eh, who am I to judge? And I'm not there to judge that person. That's up to somebody else. But I am saying, well, you don't necessarily belong at this school if you're making out on social media with your boyfriend. Well, it doesn't say making out. It says kissing. But, I mean, you know, that's, I guess, Well, semantics. I would imagine, I would imagine, have you seen the pictures? I haven't. No. I have a feeling they're going at it like crazy. <laughs> I have a feeling there's a, they're probably. It's not just a romantic pack. Who knows what's going on in that pack? I don't even, there's, there's plenty that could be going on. But to be clear, you wouldn't have a problem with this guy teaching at a public school. It's just the fact that it's a Catholic school. I think at a public school, there are uh, laws and, 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 you know, that, that you cannot be persecuted for. Little pesky things that get in the way. Yeah. I, uh, I think, I think, uh, no, I, I, a public school is, uh, is a difference. And I, I don't think you should be uh, discriminated against, um, you know, discrimination. It used to be not a the worst word in the world. You have to be discriminant. You have to, you know, not accept everything. Discerning. Yeah, discerning or no, discriminant. Dis- you have to use a little bit of discrimination here. That's actually not as bad as, you know, I mean, again, but you should not be able to use it against things, against people, things they can't control. No, the guy should work at a public school. But of course, he wants to make a federal case out of it, and who knows? He might he might even win, and then we'll put the gay pride flag up in front of the school, and we'll all bow and kneel and uh, pretend it's uh, good and it's not good. It's not. By, by the way, just this is a separate case, but it is a federal case. Uh, there's a New Jersey man due in Manhattan federal court today after he allegedly tried to join a terror group. Twenty-three-year-old Kareem Nasir says he was motivated, allegedly, by the October 7th Hamas attack and devoted himself to waging violent jihad against America and its allies. He was arrested in Kenya earlier this month. But he moved to New Jersey from Egypt in July and was apparently confiding in an FBI agent that he did not realize was an FBI agent. Okay. Do I have to comment on every single arrest that happens? No, no, I just figured Sounds out. Sounds righteous to me. Figured I'd offer that one up as Sounds well. Sounds legit. It connects to the October 7th attacks and Hamas and all that kind of stuff. All right, so uh, he's in jail, right? Uh, yes, he's in custody. Sounds good to me. He wanted to do something bad. I know what they're going to argue. It was entrapment, right? It was entrapment. Is, oh, that, what, is that what the defense is? I don't know. Maybe. You uh, watch that, watch that, watch that. Uh, that could happen. And by the way, entrapment does happen. It's a, uh, you know, and they shouldn't happen. But uh, sounds, uh, well, you'll, you'll keep me posted. We will. <sighs> Welcome back. Good to be here. <laughs> Almost done. 2024. This show. Winding it down. Has seven minutes left. Your phone calls when I come back. Thank you, James. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, Hi, we're back with your phone calls. I'm sorry, Sandra, the the new policy. One call every 10 days. Got to talk to the boss. Uh, Hi, Sandra. Hi, Greg. I just want to, uh, you know, Wish you a happy new year, an extraordinary one ahead. I wanted to say that. And I also wanted to ask you if you remember how I found that book, The Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass. Do you remember how I found it in the gym, in the the meeting room? Well, if you didn't, I read it 
and I'm, I want to say that if Nikki Haley read a book like this, giving you the true story of what these people went through in slavery, she would have been very prepared to answer that question that they asked her the other day. I mean, it's, it's, it's a remarkable book. I recommend it. Uh, what can I say? Yeah, Sandra, I mean, that's a great way to explain, describe Nikki Haley. Unprepared. What's the name of the book again? Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass. Sandra, thank you so, so much. Carmine. Greg, Greg, I am so proud of you right now. I want to jump through this phone and give you the biggest bear hug you've ever had. I am, I'm bursting. I, my, what you just said, you took a stand, Greg, and that's what my prayer is. Before I pray for you for the end of the year, I want to say a blessing to your family. I just want to say I reflect on 2023, and losing Charles Stanley, for me personally, Greg, was the greatest loss. It, 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 you know, having gained uh, an angel, not an angel, but we it, that for me is so, you know how I felt about that. No, I know, and Carmine. I, just, I so appreciate you and your support. And uh, Charles Stanley, yeah. What great big long life and affected a lot of people, you and me especially. And that Charles Stanley Bible with the footnotes and the explainers, if you need them, if you, you know, I so recommend it. Carmine, I will be in touch shortly. Robert in Riverhead. Yo. Hi, Greg. Yo. These these illegal aliens, mostly men of military age, 20 to 30 years old. Yeah. They've been caught on cameras coming in this country with AK-47s. This is an invasion. They're going to try and take over our country. Most of these men, they come from countries where military conscription is mandatory. They are already trained in arms and tactics. I know, and I'm very, very nervous about a lot of things right now, especially that. However, I haven't seen too many AK-47s. i got to admit that. But, Robert, it is an invasion, and Joe Biden's failure here is definitely, without a doubt, an impeachable offense. He is not doing his sworn duty uh, under the Constitution. you got to protect the republic from, from invasion. Susan in upstate New York. Happy New Year. I loved your pep talk about how we all have to get very, um, we have to get strong and, you know, we have to fight back for Donald Trump because he gave up everything for us. And that New York State is in play uh, for the presidential election, the electoral votes. We need to really get organized. People can get in touch with Gavin Wax at the New York Young Republican Clubs. Reach out to your Republican congressional um, offices and find out how we can get into action. You know what? You're right. That's something we can do. Let's win New York for Trump. What a great idea. Hey, Joe, Happy New Year. I got to go. I'm sorry. There's the music. You get front of the line privileges next time. Happy New Year, everybody. I love you.